Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, and Michael Mergens today from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Radio Network, wherever you're listening. We're always happy to spend an hour each day with you. This segment sponsored by our good buddies at Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Golden Eagles and Southern Miss. Dickie's uh, cooks great meat. They smoke it in-house every day. They'll cater any event, large or small. Fellas, I have to tell you, Kelly and I enjoy Dickie's during the ball game Saturday afternoon, and it was clearly the best part of the afternoon. Yeah, I was about to say the only thing you enjoyed yeah. was yes. Dickie's part. But Did you rent good. a soft serve machine for him? It was so good. No, no, I, I tried to to avoid that. And then he, I'm buying all the food, and then he fusses at me because I didn't bring any cream spinach. You know, that's Kelly Sander, isn't it? She really appreciated spending the afternoon with Kelly J. He'll be back. On the show tomorrow, Lee Roberts will be on the show later uh, in the hour. Michael, Luke, and I will, uh, in the next segment, discuss the rather lackluster performance by the Golden Eagles Saturday up in Starkville and, of course, review how all Conference USA teams did over the weekend. Uh, and it's not a good report. Up next for the Golden Eagles, a really tough Troy team. Troy, 31 wins in the past three years. A new coach, Auburn, a former Auburn offensive coordinator, Chip Lindsey, comes in. They play one game uh, early in the season. Uh, two weeks ago, beat Campbell 43-14. Now have a week off uh, and two weeks to prepare for the Golden Eagles' arrival Saturday night. Another big, big challenge for Southern Miss. Barry McKnight is the play-by-play voice for Troy. He knows all about them, and we're glad to have you on the show, Barry. Well, it's great to be on the show. I really appreciate this. You're right. This should be a good one. Uh, from several different levels, this uh, this is kind of a compelling matchup to watch, to consider. Uh, you mentioned Chip Lindsey in his first year. Of course, he spent a good bit of time at Southern Miss before. This is one of those non-conference games that a school like Troy certainly circles. And the fact that it's at home is um, is even that much more meaningful for Troy, potentially. Well, Barry, it's it's a big game for Southern Miss. Uh, the guys on the show here, we, we talked about it back before football season started. You look at Southern Miss's uh, early schedule, you assume they were going to beat Alcorn. You knew it would be tough in Starkville. You know who they play next week. Uh, so we looked at that Troy game and said this will be a real measuring stick for this version of the Golden Eagles and uh, and a tough, tough challenge. You guys have had three great years in a row, 31 wins uh, over the last three seasons. It's a big, big challenge for Southern Miss and it really, I think, a really important game. How does Troy view the contest? Well, I would, we look at it from a, a, a recent historical basis. You mentioned uh, as you introduced me, that Troy has won 31 games in the last three years. Uh, the ascension under Neil Brown has been marked. Of course, now he's at at, at uh, West Virginia. But really, if you look at the the pivotal turns 
in his tenure and what really lit the candle for this Troy team while he was here at Troy, it might have been back in 2016 that win in the rain at Southern Miss in week three. We remember that Troy had just come off of a heartbreaking loss at number two Clemson in week two, a game that we feel like we should have won. We got it taken away from us by the referees. And so you really didn't know that much about it. 2015 was Neal's first year, and it was a difficult one as he laid the foundation. Close loss to Clemson gave people hope. And then right staring you in your face is Nick Mullins in Southern Miss the next week in Hattiesburg. And Troy was able to score late, was able to hold off a late pass into the end zone in the rain to get a 37-31 win over Southern Miss then. And again, we don't want to overstate it. It was 2016 and it was week number three. There was still a lot that could have gone south for this Troy team. But this was a point where Troy really started to have some belief. And it came at the expense of Southern Miss. And I imagine if you asked Neil Brown, and I guarantee you, if he asked the Troy people who are still here, that was the one win that really catapulted this team into three straight 10-win seasons. It's immeasurable just how impactful that game ultimately was. Mary, Luke Johnson here. Thanks for uh, for being on today. I, I was just looking up, you know, the, the times that these two teams have played. They played nine times, but seven of those or six of those were uh, before World War II. So it's a historic rivalry <laughs> in, uh, in a lot of ways. How has uh, Chip Lindsey, has there been much change uh, between he and Coach Brown uh, in, in the offseason and, and what you saw out of week one? I, I challenge you to, to find any real changes early on against Campbell. Uh, schematically, really, um, you know, there was not a whole lot of need to, to do much other than a basic vanilla deal. So schematically, I'm not really sure that there's much of a change. I suspect that we'll, there will not be, there has not been. But what you'll probably see, Neil was such a, a, a CEO type, such a builder, uh, his impact on the program went way beyond just on the football field. The Golden Eagle fans who come in on Saturday will notice a beautiful stadium, a, a tidy new end zone facility that uh, was really kick-started by Neil whenever he got here. Um, Chip is more laid back. He's not as, I, I don't want to say driven, because goodness knows he loves football, but, but not as big picture as Neil is. What Chip likes to do is coach and call ball plays and work with young people and, and all that. Neil did that and, and, and a good bit more, but Chip is a guy who will coach this football team, um, is very good at uh, delegation and things like that. But in terms of scheme, of X's and O's, especially offensively, I haven't been able to detect much of a difference at all. Much, I haven't been able to detect much of a difference, not one bit. Caleb Barker completed about 60% of his passes, but I'm tempted to think that this whole rushing attack really goes around uh, not only B.J. Smith, who had a great year, 1,200 yards last year, but D.K. Billingsley got some carries too. Is it going to be a one-two punch in the backfield to set up the passing game? And maybe three. Uh, Billingsley played well. We've got a little uh, junior named Jabir Daughtry Fry who goes 5'7", a buck 65 maybe. Uh, that's a good change-up guy out of there. But um, – Here's what I suspect. The running game will help set up the pass game. Uh, Barker has been a dynamic runner before, but I think that's going to be the key. You know, we watched film of the Alcorn State game, 
And, you know, as everybody knows, Southern Miss really didn't get off the mark as quickly as they wanted to against the Braves. And the most surprising thing there was the was the running game and the difficulty Southern Miss had in establishing the run. It, it sounds simplistic, uh, simplistic to say this, but I, I think, honestly, if you want to boil it down to its essence, I think the team that establishes the run uh, more efficiently in this game is the team that will stand the best chance to win. Barry, a lot of times Sunbelt Conference USA you know, are mentioned in the same sentence uh, when you look at Group of Five. Coastal Carolina knocked off Kansas this weekend. You know, Bob and I have some real conversations uh, every day about how in a lot of ways the Sunbelt is, uh, is ahead of Conference USA. Is there talk on the Sunbelt side about how they view Conference USA? Yeah, the fans especially. The fans, um, they feel superior to Conference USA. Uh, if you look at the rise of this league over the past five years, it's been largely the infrastructure. Troy has had a beautiful new addition. Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina has renovated their stadium. Georgia State has renovated Turner Field. Uh, there's new projects underway at Louisiana Lafayette. And you go up and down this league, Appalachian State, and they really have invested from top to bottom financially in these football programs, and they're starting, in choice case, uh, they have started to really reap those benefits. So, yeah, the, the, the Sunbelt fans feel absolutely superior to Conference USA, and more than anything, they feel that um, it's really their due because they, it seems, have invested more in the football programs than a lot of the programs in Conference USA. All right, Barry, I think we're real short on time, but I do want to throw this question at you. Some of us look at a a Troy Southern Miss year-in, year-out game as something that could become a rivalry, something that makes a lot of sense from this end. you hear any of that kind of talk, any interest in, uh, in perhaps these two schools doing something on a regular basis moving forward? Especially lately, and I'm not sure it's not because, not necessarily just because of the similarities of the two schools. Obviously, they're they are big football schools. Football is important at Southern Miss and at Troy, but also because of the the common threads between these two programs. Jeremy McLean is a fine human being as I've ever been associated with in college athletics, and I've been associated with it for a long time. Uh, Brent Jones, you know, still speaks glowingly of his time at Southern Miss. Kyle George over here. I mean, there's a lot. Of course, Chip, you know, coached at Southern Miss. There's a lot of commonality between these two programs in terms of human beings, and I think it would be just sort of a no-brainer to try to explore something of a more lasting nature between these two schools. And I agree 100%, Barry, for whatever that's worth, and over here, not much. (laughs) Hey, we appreciate you being on the show, man. We look forward to a good good game Saturday night. We look forward to everybody coming to visit. Thank you for the time. All right, Barry McKnight, everybody, the play-by-play voice of Troy University, Golden Eagles' next upcoming opponent. We'll talk about the opponent opponent from this last weekend and some other Conference USA football news when the Eagle Hour comes back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Our thanks to Barry McKnight for Troy University. Tough, tough matchup for the Golden Eagles Saturday night. I think that's going to be on ESPN Plus 
as Southern Miss travels over into Alabama, the first of two trips to Alabama to take on a very good uh, Troy Trojan football team. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net, our good buddies down on Hardy Street with a great selection of fall apparel, Southern Miss football T-shirts, volleyball T-shirts, soccer T-shirts. They've got it all. Great selection of hats, household accessories. Sooner than later, you'll start thinking about Christmas shopping, and uh, Southern uh, Miss fans will make sure uh, that they go by to Campus Bookmart and online at campusbookmart.net. Hey, I want to congratulate a couple of listeners. Kay Burton Taylor of Pascagoula wins our online contest predicting the Mississippi State Southern Miss score. Kay wins four tickets to the Texas El Paso game, four Eagle Hour t-shirts, and we're going to see if we can arrange to bring her on the show here one day this week. Kay picks 38-14 to 14 Mississippi State over Southern Miss. And, of course, she was very, very close. Sorry that uh, – I'm sorry she was correct, but congr- congratulations. Wow. It was – she knew something that I didn't. Also, James Masters of Laurel, he was really close. He predicted Luke 38-17. So being the nice guy that I am, I sent him four tickets to the football game as well. But uh, great participation and a couple of guys right on the money, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I was I was hoping that they would keep their offensive in in the twenties, but I'll tell you what, um, I, I'm trying to be as honest and real as I can. Obviously, last week I picked from my heart. I was forced uh, on Friday to pick from my head, and I think I I I went with with maroon and white. But you look at this game, Bob, and uh, just. I'll be honest, uh, even if I was a Mississippi State fan, um, Tommy Stevens was electric and on fire until he was knocked out of the game. But it was about the – even if you're a Mississippi State person, it was a really boring game. I mean, even from uh, – even from a if, if you have a winning perspective. But but you look at it, this is the first three drives. We, we said going in the game, defense would have to force turnovers. We said going in the game, offense couldn't turn the ball over. And we said that Southern Miss, in order to stay in it, would have to play a pretty perfect game. You drive down, big incomplete pass. Uh, Tim Jones dropped the ball to 20-yard line, so you have to punt. Second possession, what do you do? You get inside the 25 and you're unable to convert, you miss a field goal. Third possession, you get inside the 25 again. You get backed up, you give up a blindside sack, fumble. And then short field, short field, two bad punts, and you look up and you're trailing three touchdowns. Two observations from my point, and I said this to you uh, earlier before we went on the air. I I go back to the last year Mississippi State was in Hattiesburg and they had Dak Prescott, uh, and uh, we had – Todd Munkin and and his last team, and then I look and that was a game Mississippi State won, kind of by a similar score. Now that I think about it, but a much different game. And then you look at the game Saturday, and Luke, I'm, look, I'm just going to be honest. I was stunned at at the widened gap I saw athletically between the two football programs in that period of time. It was it was on the offensive line is when it was because there was absolutely nothing. That we could do. The only time we got pressure is when we started bringing defensive backs. Ty Williams, uh, you know, in mid-second quarter had those two 
cornerback blitzes, and that's when Tommy Stevens got knocked out of the game. So you felt like even though you were down two scores because you spotted them two scores, you get inside their 25 twice and you come away with nothing, which we said going in, that couldn't happen. Second quarter, you knocked the starting quarterback out who was really, I mean, Stevens looked good on, on Saturday, but we couldn't get to him. And that's what really surprised me. I thought it was going to be a complete reversal. I thought the defense uh, would keep us in the game and the offense would sputter. But you couldn't. And so this week, uh, you you look at uh, the final statistics. You look at uh, Jack goes 18 to 26 for 234. One of the interceptions was late. The other one uh, wasn't the greatest thrown pass in the world. Uh, but, But you think about, you know, what happened. Offense puts up 344 yards, you know. You think you'd have a you'd have a chance? Well, I, I hear the statistics and, and I know that they're there. But the truth is, Luke, from a from a viewer standpoint, the game never seemed in doubt to me. I mean, Mississippi State seemed to be in control from the first time they touched the football to the last. It was time. and it was because you got zero points in your first three offensive drives. Um, offense moved the ball well between the twenties, just couldn't close, and that's a credit to Mississippi State's defense. Uh, but but you're right on the defensive side, which we considered our strength going in, we no were completely contest. outmatched. No contest. Where is this program at, Luke? You'll know after this week. Um, you you feel like you're, you're licking your wounds on Monday morning, um, but you feel like going into week two when you play a group of five. If we go in and we play with them, you feel good about yourself. If we lose uh, by more than two touchdowns, you have to accept bitter reality. It uh, also was just a dismal weekend for the conference. Wake Forest beat Rice 41-21. Boise beat Marshall 14-7. UAB did beat Akron 31-20. Louisiana Tech struggled against Grambling, winning 2014 Appalachian State beat Charlotte 56-41. Baylor beat Texas San Antonio 63-14. Western Kentucky beats Florida International in a conference game 2014. Central Florida routes Florida Atlantic 48-14. SMU routes North Texas 49-27. Middle Tennessee beats Tennessee State 45-26. Texas Tech no contest against UTEP. They win 38-3. And then, of course, there's the Mississippi State-Southern Miss game. 3-8 and eight outside of conference uh, competition, Luke. I just have to uh, – look, I, I'm always going to be honest and just say what I feel. Conference USA looks terrible. The Southern Miss football team looks like it needs a lot of improvement. The most surprising loss to me on a positive side was Marshall. Uh, yeah. Tells you Marshall's got a really good defense because they took the. I mean, that's a you know what a four hour on trip. the blue field. Yeah, and they went out to the Smurf turf and and held their own. Um, I, I am surprised a little bit. Uh, I thought FAU would keep that one a little closer. That was a home game. Of course, it's it's just Orlando to Boca Raton. Um, Louisiana Tech uh, look look rough. Uh, probably the most other than SMU North Texas. I thought Chad, you know, Chad Morris moves on. So what they got at SMU? Well, man, they routed North Texas. Western Kentucky beating Florida International uh, again. Florida International not looking very good. So what's bad is some of your quote stronger teams in Conference USA. Uh, we're beaten by other group of five teams pretty handily this weekend. So up next is Troy, and uh, just worrisome, Luke. Chip Lindsey comes from Auburn, so I know he's he's I know he's prepared for a lot of big football games. 
And then it occurred to me this morning when I was looking for their score Saturday, oh, no, they didn't have a score Saturday. They had an opening game and then two weeks to prepare for Southern Miss. I just think it's a huge challenge. It is. It's a huge challenge also because they rushed for 245 yards in in week one. And uh, I'll I'll give Mississippi State this. Uh, Kylan Hill is is an elite running back. Uh, I think he I think he squats close to 600 pounds. There was one of our defensive linemen that said he squatted more than him. Uh, we're going to have to find some ways to to, to get pressure um, because if you don't, people are going to no. shred you in the running game and hit you up top. And what can, what was frustrating to me um, Saturday, especially in one one area, I was concerned. I felt confident about our front seven. I didn't know if the corners could hold their own. Uh, there should have been another touchdown uh, when when they burnt Williams on the side, but just when they, you know, I think it was the second touchdown they threw across the middle. Our our cornerbacks and and safeties are looking at each other like it was just blown coverage, yeah. and uh, it was so just a mismatch. It was it was really tough um, to stomach, uh, but you need a reality check. You do need that. You don't need to live uh, pie in the sky, and uh, you know from from Mississippi State. I feel like Mississippi State has a very good offense, but I do feel like this is two weeks in a row that they've given up 350 yards plus to uh, to two group of five teams. Well, yeah, they have their own issues down the road yeah. when they start playing in the SEC. The size differential stunned me, and, and the announcers made a real point of showing that and, and graphicking that up. Third largest average weight per line uh, in Division One against the third smallest. Yeah, right. And that's why we couldn't get any pressure. So you're, you're having to ask yourself, what, what is the defensive coaching staff going to do? Uh, and it might, be, it might be the best offensive line we face all year. Either way, you've, you cannot just expect 4D linemen uh, to penetrate. You have to get really creative in your schemes and your blitzes. But here's what alarms me, Luke. When you played football at Southern Miss, I remember watching you guys play every game. I remember watching you play Cal here in Hattiesburg. It was an even game. Size-wise, athleticism, everything on the field appeared to be even. Has that much changed in college football? Those defenses, though, you had three starting linebackers that were that went to the NFL. That's what I'm saying. You had three defensive linemen that went to the NFL. You had, uh, on the 0-3 defense, um, 10 of our 11 starting de- defenders were in NFL camps the next year. We live in a different world of college football today, don't we? And and this is another discussion for another day. The NCAA allowed it to happen uh, because they allowed with with the monies being passed no around. Question. It's just a handout. But the Sun Belt's finding a way. Why can't Conference USA? All right, Lee Roberts is next on the Eagle Hour. Back on a Monday, Eagle Hour Everyday, third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. 
You can be sure to swing by there this Saturday as they will have the Troy Southern Miss game on. Swing by there during the week. Great 8.95 lunch with a drink. Our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Uh, we thank them for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Well, it's Monday, and number five joins us now, Lee Roberts, the color analyst for the Southern Miss uh, IMG broadcast. And, uh, Lee, um, I don't know. I'm just kind of at loss for words. A lot of uh, people hope this game would be better uh, than what it was. Uh, but Mississippi State just kind of dominated uh, the entire game. You know, they did. I mean, they're, they're – Obviously, were some things we did well, but once again, we didn't get started the first half like we wanted to, and that's kind of been the Achilles' heel thus far um, this year. Just kind of sputtering a little bit here on offense. We get down twenty-one to nothing, and you know, if you take away the first half, and obviously just talking here, but the second half is seventeen to fifteen, and uh, a much much closer contest. But we just got we got to learn to put four quarters together and uh, I know guys are they're working they're doing things they're you know progressing it just uh things just didn't go our way Saturday obviously um you know turnovers on the negative side of the field punts that didn't didn't go very far so a good team like Mississippi State you just you can't give them those opportunities and and we did so that's what you know put us behind early and just never could catch up yeah, Bob and I were talking uh, last segment just about you know the first three drives were 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 some of the most disappointing because you moved the ball well. I felt like Coach Faulkner had a good plan. Um, I, I, f- I felt like well we we ran the ball well. I, I, you know uh, Jack Jack threw the ball when Jack had time. There were several passes where he was just you know getting the ball out in literally like under two seconds. Uh, <clears throat> the big drop in the first the drive, the missed field goal in the second drive, and the fumble in the third drive. Uh, you know, you score a touchdown there, and, and, and it's a different ball game. At the same time, though, on the defensive side of the ball, I just felt like Joe Moorhead was about two or three steps ahead of us. We could not get any pressure at all in the first half on Tommy Stevens. You know, he's a he's a good quarterback and, and obviously a very big offensive line for Mississippi State. And, you know, when you, when you take into account their running game, take into account the things Tommy Stevens is able to do when he stands in the pocket, you know, talking with Coach Hop today, he he felt like defensive front for us, our front four. He thought they played really well. Um, he didn't feel like our linebackers did as good as they could have, and so that therefore some of the pressure was not able to, to get on Tommy Stevens. But again, going back to you know what Kylan Hill is able to do, and you know the way he runs the football, we didn't we didn't tackle well defensively. Again, putting ourselves in in tough situations from the offensive side of the ball. It just it just kind of made for a rough first half, and like I said, if we could have just started with the second half, it's a it's a really close game. But yeah, Joe Moorhead definitely had done some things, um, you know, with his team, and, and they're going to be a team that that does pretty well. I'm not sure the extent of Tommy Stevens' injury. I hope hope he gets well because I think he's got a chance to be be pretty good in the SEC. But um, you know, at the at the end of it, yeah, disappointing win there in state. I lost their state. All right, Lee, I want to take you away from the game a little bit, more of a general football question. Uh, I had a brief conversation with Luke about this. Take you back to the years you played at Southern Miss. You guys traveled the country. You took on all comers. And Mm -hmm. there just never seemed to be that big a gap uh, in ability between a Southern Miss football team that you played on when you played Auburn, when you played – you name the school. I mean, it doesn't matter. Nebraska, whatever. Didn't seem to be that big a gap. Now, there were obviously very good teams 
And we didn't win all of those games, but we did we did have an ability to go anywhere in the country and compete. I'm not just looking at USM, but I'm looking at a lot of non-Power 5 schools. And then I look at that matchup Saturday afternoon, and there was a visible difference. Visible difference, I felt like, uh, in the athleticism of, of many of the players on the team. How much has college football changed in that respect from your playing day? And have we reached a point, Lee, where the powers-to-be should take a real serious look at dividing the Power Five and the non-Power Five into two Division One uh, levels of football? You know, I, I wouldn't say we go there yet, just because, I mean, there are still going to be some upsets in college football. And, you know, uh, and, and honestly, it, one bounce here or there for us on Saturday could have helped turn – turn the page and mm-hmm. you know things could have started going our way so but think things are going to happen but th- there is a huge difference in in some programs in the power five and some programs in the in the group of five you know back when back when i played you know our kind of motto was anyone anywhere anytime and that was just kind of what we what we lived by and you know we lived for you know those big games we lived you know getting up for those big teams and and it wasn't a matter of having to get up you know we were just up but as far as athletically, you know, I feel like we're pretty athletic, you know, across the board. But, you know, lining up against a Mississippi State and then in a couple of weeks uh, in Alabama, it, it, it does show. But what's what's I think is going to be important is how this weekend turns out. Right, correct. You line, you line up a team against, like, Troy that has got to be a similar style program as Southern Miss. Correct. And, you know, so if we, if we walk out of there, you know, with our heads held high and played a really good game, then – we can say, hey, we've got a chance this year to have a really good season. But on the flip side, if, if we go into Troy and don't play well, then it could be a long season. But, you know, it, it, it's got a long week to go before we get there. But I'm looking forward to this weekend already. Well, yeah, me too. And I had this discussion with some guys uh, Saturday evening. The games that really matter – or the Troy game, and then the conference games. I mean, do you want to beat Mississippi State? Do you want to beat Alabama? Of course you do. But sure. we all know that, that some schools, and there are a lot of schools now, are playing these type of games primarily for financial reasons. Would you agree that the game Saturday night, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, really potentially a pivot game for the remainder of the year for Southern Miss? It, it can be. you know, And, and honestly, the, the way you've got to look at it is, Win the games you're supposed to win, and this weekend is a game that we're supposed to win. Even though for whatever reason we we came out as a, a couple point underdog already, but this this ought to be a game we should win this weekend, and uh, we just got to go take care of business. And then obviously you get into conference play, and again win the games you're supposed to. Are we supposed to go to Alabama and beat Alabama? No. Are we supposed to go to Mississippi State and beat Mississippi State? No. But but you had hoped that you're able to play in those games and be competitive and and honestly when we came back and were down by 15 points on saturday i thought we had a chance i really did mm-hmm. and looking back at how we played and um i, I really thought we had a chance to, to do something at that point but a couple turnovers and then gave up a late score it really made the, the score look worse than i think what it was but again i say all that to say this that um you know this weekend again is going to be a huge game for southern miss but we definitely just have to go win the games we're supposed to. And speaking real quickly of Alabama, I thought it was fascinating, guys, uh, what their coach said Saturday afternoon. Uh, there, there's a there's a line that you can cross. Yeah, you score sixty two points, like be happy. 
You know. Well, here's here's what I'm pointing to. A, a reporter questioned him about why do you keep playing schools like New Mexico, and he said, "Well, I'll tell you what you do. You go find some Power Five schools that are willing to come here right. and play us, and we'll play them. Right. But we can't find any that are willing to do that. Yeah, and 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 you won't. And to back to the discussion that you mentioned to Lee. If they were to split those two, if the Power Five wants their own division, well, then the Power Five shouldn't come in the group of five just for easy wins like that either. Munkin you know? said that years ago. Yeah, he ago said that he years ago. Lee, you know, we addressed the obvious. Uh, I, I do want to kind of point to a couple of, of positives. Jalen Adams is a is a athletic talent. I mean, he is a – he is – from what he showed just catching the ball, we saw the, the speed and the athleticism against Alcorn. That, that's a positive, and and – did we know going into the game that Michael Harris was going to get you know some of that work out of the backfield? He looked good, and and I thought Perkins ran the ball also well. Yeah, that was that was part of the plan. Again, they're trying to put the ball obviously down when we go down. You know Mosley, who is you know supposed to be our number one back. When he goes down against Alcorn State, they kind of put you in a wrinkle. We have we have a bunch of backs that can get in there and run the football, but you know none that are just going to wow you with speed and talent. And so that's why you see a lot of you know, the wide receiver in motion, the quick pitch or the quick handoff, or even putting the Michael Harris, Jalen Adams in the backfield is, you know, trying to get the, the ball in their hands. And, and I take Coach Buster Faulkner, he has a plan each week on how many times he wants Jalen Adams to touch the ball or how much the Michael Harris to touch the ball. And that doesn't even go into account what happens throughout the course of a game. This is planned runs, planned throws, you know, plan sweeps, that kind of stuff with them. So, you know, just trying to get the ball in the hands of guys that are very athletic, trying to get on the edge. There was times Saturday, again, I saw Jalen Adams, you know, get to the edge, and if we'd have just had a couple more yards on the side, he could have possibly turned it up, but, you know, just ran out of, had to run out of bounds because we are out of uh, real estate there. But he's quick. He can, he can definitely hurt you when he does get to the edge. All right, we've got about 10 seconds left. Scale of 1 to 10, Lee, how hot was it in Sorkville? You know, outside, extremely hot. I'm going to go ahead and say a 10. In the press box, it was a 9. We had we had no air the first half in the press box. So it was, it was a warm one in start. In Did start. you open the windows? That was our over-under last week, whether or not you would do that. Oh, yeah. It was a, it was like a garage door that you couldn't see through, so we had to open it. But we would have anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So we had the heat coming in and, and no circulation in the, in the room either. So it was fine. We survived. All right. Well, we're glad uh, that made sure you could come on the show, and we'll look forward to having you on again next Monday. Okay. Sounds good. Appreciate you guys. Lee Roberts, everybody. The great number five for Southern Miss. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. 
Gulfport Home Center brings you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day, located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, Mississippi. Go see them. They have the largest uh, inventory of new and used manufactured housing around. Gulfport Home Center, more room for you, more room for your family. Volleyball, uh, tough start so far. Dropped three matches this weekend to Arkansas State, New Orleans, Mississippi State. They travel tomorrow down to... uh, I'm just going to say it because I'm in a bad mood today. Louisiana Lafayette. So they right. play down in Lafayette uh, tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Soccer, on the other hand, two-game winning streak. Defeated South Alabama one to nothing and put it on Mississippi Valley State uh, this <clears> weekend <throat> 8 to nothing. Uh, Lady Eagles are off. Uh, just be practicing this week. They travel over uh, to the Plains of Auburn to take on the Auburn Tigers Friday at 6.30. Men's golf underway. Begin their season today out at the Hattiesburg Country Club for the Sam Hall Intercollegiate. Right now, Golden Eagles tied uh, fourth overall on the team side, and Hunter Atkins has shot a four under uh, for the day, and he is tied for fourth overall. All right. I have to, uh, I have to concede a couple of minutes to Michael. Friday afternoon at our remote, I was feeling a little cocky, uh, having a little fun with Michael, poking a little fun at him about the Chicago Bears, and I told him that if things turned out like I anticipated, I would give him equal time. Go ahead, Michael. Let me hear it. I'm not. No, I'm not going to stoop that low. You're not going to say? Nope. I know. How I will. Yeah, how ahead. about them Philadelphia Eagles? <laughs> I know. I'll be honest with you. I, I got in yesterday, and, and I turned on the game, and I was like, Look at the Redskins. Yeah, they're yeah. up twenty to nothing. Mm-hmm. And then Carson Wentz woke up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, my daughter was communicating with me a lot and was just giddy actually at halftime. And I said, "Honey, let me tell you something from experience. Okay, go make you a glass of iced tea and just sit back and watch the second half because you're you're celebrating pretty prematurely." Mm-hmm. I tell you what, though, Case Keenum did look good. He did look good. He, he looked good. They could not run the ball, and that's a, a Jay Gruden offense that can't run the ball. What do you? Well, how about Jay Gruden benches? He doesn't even dress a Hall of Fame running back, Adrian Peterson. Puts the ball in the hands of a, a basically a rookie who gets 18 yards rushing the entire game. Mm-hmm. But having said all that, let me say Philadelphia is a very good football team. Very good football team. Michael, my biggest surprise that wasn't a big surprise, Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. surprising. Yeah. Very surprising. Yeah. They, but, they, you they quoted, are who they said we were. You quoted, yeah, yeah you quoted who Tennessee. who thought they would be. <laughs> They're the Browns. Todd Munkin looked creative early. <clears throat> they just they couldn't do anything well, else. Speaking of football teams, guys, if you watch the Sunday night game, whether you like New England or not, it was a picture of perfection. Mm-hmm. Are we in the playoffs? I know. Is, that's what it looks like. Was it not unbelievable? It's like they Mike? never took any break in between. They're, they just huh? continue. There must be a secret underground facility that they just continue working out and playing underground. All year long, because right. it looks like they never stopped, never took a break. There's no trying to figure no. out who's doing no. what. Start of the season, like every other team, no matter how good they are, you see that from every. You don't see it in them. Well, and you it have to point sick. out they weren't playing the Cardinals or the Redskins. <laughs> they were playing the Pittsburgh right. Steelers and just absolutely embarrassed. Fifty percent on third down, four hundred and sixty-five yards of offense. They are human, though. They had seven penalties. <laughs> And they have Jamie Collins back, who looked like the happiest guy in the United States of America last night. Why? Because he may win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, Belichick, <laughs> yeah. I'll take way less money. Let's just get a ring. Because I'll make it up down the down the. Down Jamie the had a great here. game. Uh, he had six tackles, a tackle for loss, and, and got to hit old Big Ben one time. 
tonight the Saints. All right, what is this kind of year, guys? I know you're both Saints fans. I, I'm going to tell you, I think the Saints, well, it's too early to say, obviously, but you can see the Saints and the Eagles. You can see the Saints and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could definitely see the Saints in the championship picture. I think they'll make it. It's going to be a slow run at the beginning, though, just like it has been the last few years. Uh, we'll know for sure in eight weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. That'd be the The question the for point. the Saints is, as always, can they defend the pass? Like, yeah. that's just year in, year out. Can they defend the pass? And it's not just the Minnesota whiff tackle. It's can they defend the pass? Uh, they'll have a great opportunity tonight with Deshaun Watson, uh, who has become a really, really good NFL quarterback. What does the offense look like? Can, can Murray maintain uh, Ingram's absence? Mark Ingram had a really good day yesterday, as the entire Baltimore Ravens franchise did. But, you know, what, what are they going to do? Um, what are you going to do to get uh, Kamara all those touches and yet protect him? You know, uh, and, and what's Drew Brees going to look like uh, arm strength-wise? Which you must protect. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to protect Drew Brees. Because you don't know, but he's going to play his heart out because I just have a feeling this is going to be mm-hmm. – it, it should be it for him. He's making me feel old. Mm-hmm. He's, oh, he's if, not they, much... if they make a deep run, and if they, if they, even I think if they make it to the Super Bowl, he he'll he'll sign off. That'll yeah, be his one. Tough matchup tonight. Yeah. It, it is. It is tonight. But it's in the dome, and yeah. Sean Payton mm-hmm. has already asked the locals to be quite rowdy. Oh, has he? Hmm. Does he have to ask? I, not, not not the few times that I've no, been down because they will take somebody me. will sneak like screwdrivers in and beat on metal up in the six hundred seats. Yeah, mm-hmm. how do I know? I've been there. And still have headaches from it. Saints and Texans tonight, six o'clock, I think. An yep. early, early you got a kickoff. double, and then you got Broncos and Raiders right after. So right. Chucky's debut, year two tonight. Can't wait. Be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Thank you, Michael, for sitting in. And thank you for being merciful. I appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow at one. Southern Miss to the, to the top. top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.